Hey, hey, everyone. It's That's What She Said with Danny podcast. Opening day is around the corner. And so we thought it'd be a great idea to dive into some spring training special with one of the Pirates outfielders, Anthony Alford. Super excited to have him on the show. He has been with the Blue Jays camp for a really long time, played several games with the Blue Jays throughout his career, but has yet to play an entire 162. He dealt with an elbow injury last year. And he's one of those guys, when you see him on the field, he goes all out. He puts his body on the line. Fans love him. And we're excited to bring Pirates fans into his world. Talk to him a little bit about who he's hanging out with in Pirates camp. Hint, it's their top prospect, Cabrian Hayes. So we'll get some inside information on him. And then what does he expect of himself? And what should fans expect for him for 2021? I think I'm most excited to hear about two things. Number one, how he is basically working to earn that starting center field job. That's a huge deal for him, an incredible opportunity to do this with the Pirates, a good change of scenery, but also the work that he does in the community. He has to be one of the most authentic people who plays the game. And he comes from an area of Mississippi where the poverty is extremely high and he's worked his way out and now he wants to give back. And you can see that he is doing that through the Players Alliance. And I'm just interested to hear what he's doing to make the game better. But I also believe that he's trying to make the world better for his daughter as well. So I'm, I'm really excited to get a chance to hear from him and talk to him. I don't, I don't know a lot about him. So like, I'm just excited to learn about a new guy. So let's welcome Anthony Alford to the podcast. Hello. Anthony. He knows to turn it sideways. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey dude, welcome. Doing? Thank you. Thanks hey. for having me. So it's Alexa and Danny. Welcome to the podcast. We're super excited to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Of course. And we're excited to talk to you and delve into your career on and off the field and talk a little shop. So let's start right okay. now with where you are currently. What's going on in your world? Um, just down in Bradenton, um, grinding through spring training right now, I'm ready to get out of Florida. Um, not looking forward to getting to the cold, but ready to um, have a change of scenery. Um, so yeah, just you know, just typical spring training. Um, yeah, looking forward to a big year. Well, you you're kind of in the middle of a change of scenery too, right? You go from Dunedin to Bradenton. Yeah. So can you kind of describe the transition and? what the camps, you know, the differences in the camps and you've got a lot of new teammates, you know, that you, you kind of knew a little bit in 2020, but now you really get to know them now. Yeah. So, well, the camps are totally different. Um, <laughs> I realized that after day one of um, spring training here, I was like, I literally just came and just passed out on the couch. Like I didn't, I don't even think I ate dinner that night. I was so tired, but it, it was just, um, but in over in Toronto, like, when I when I was first coming up, I was playing with guys like Donaldson and Tulo. So camp was more structured for the veterans, you know, um, like they get what they need and they get out. Um, so it was more laid back in a sense of like how much we did, um, the workload and everything. But over here you have a younger group of guys um, and it's still kind of like, like, yeah, you're in the big leagues, but you're developing at the same time, you know, so um, it's more structured. Um, in the sense of for those those younger guys and you just work a lot harder you have more volume of work um 
I didn't like it the first day, but at the same time, I think the positive is like, yeah, it sucks right now, but I know I'm going to be in shape um, for the first game of the season, you know? Um, but yeah, like as far as the city, um, Dunedin, Clearwater area, um, I definitely enjoy the area a little bit more because it's a younger crowd, opposed to Bradenton. Um, yeah, but I'm still I'm still getting to know the area over here. Um, I didn't get out much. I mean, obviously due to COVID, um, so we just kind of go to the field and come back home. But it's definitely an older crowd over here in Bradenton. Learning the geography of Florida, there are so many different parts and pieces to it, right? So yeah, 100%. Anthony, for fans who don't get to go to spring training often, what does it mean by doing more work? Like, what exactly are you doing when you're in these camps? What kind of drills are you running? What kind of workouts do they put you through where you come home and you're exhausted and you pass out and miss dinner? Yeah, um, I, I think it's just more, I think it, the intensity of the workouts is um, increased compared to when I was over in Toronto. I, I don't know what it's like over there now, but I know earlier um, before I was in the big leagues and I would go to big league count, um, it wasn't very intense. Um, like I said, because you have veteran guys over there, they know what they needed. And we just kind of like follow them, you know, um, but over here, it's just just um, a higher volume um, of work. Um, it's nothing like crazy, just something I wasn't really used to. Like, um, are you running more sprints? Are you lifting more weights? Are you doing more? No, you know, it's just more on-field stuff. More more on-field stuff. So more like individual individual defense, and then you have a team defense. Um, just just more drills in, in the sense like on the field and um, in a cage, um, swinging wise. Um, so yeah, it's more on field stuff than it is. It's it's more like attention to detail, you know, um, working on a little, like really focusing on the little things and getting better, um, and the parts that's overlooked in the game of baseball, you know. Um, so we really focus on uh, p like pay attention to detail. Not that they didn't do it over there, but it's it's you know it's um, obviously like a younger crowd. I mean, like a younger group of guys getting into the big leagues. Like you really have to do the small things right. So. I'm glad you said that because that the team that you are on with the Pirates, they're energetic and there's a yeah. vibe, I think, about the team. And there's a lot of opportunity for growth, a lot of opportunity for you as well. Mm -hmm. Before we get to all of that, though, who are some of your go-to guys right now? Who are you spending your time with and, and kind of leaning on since you're a newer face? Um, a few guys, honestly, like, Cabrian, obviously, um, he he like he lives like right next door to me. So in the afternoons, we kind of kick it. Um, his girl is be over there a lot. My wife is here, so we, we kind of kick it. Um, Goodwin, Goodwin, he's a he's funny. Like I I I love to be around people who's gonna make me laugh and keep the environment um, loose. So um, Goodwin, but I, I don't really hang out with um, many guys um, off the field, um, because I, I obviously have my wife and my, my baby girl here. Um, yeah. so I spend most mm -hmm. of my time away from the field with them. Um, but yeah, like just in the locker room, I, I, I don't really have anybody in particular that I just hang with more than, than someone else. But, um, I get along with most of the guys pretty well, but Brian, I mean, we have that Mississippi connection because his dad is from right, his mom and dad is from right there in um, the Hattiesburg area. So we kind of have that connection. Um, before before Bell got traded, we we talked a lot. He's from his. He also had that Mississippi connection. Um, his grandma is from my hometown, so we kind of hit oh it off. Gosh. And yeah, so it's quite a, it's it's a few guys with that Mississippi connection. Um, so 
talked to Adam Frazier a good bit. He went to um, Mississippi State. I went to Ole Miss, so we talked yeah. a lot. We talked <laughs> some crap to each other. Um, yeah, of course. But every, everybody, they're treating me well, making me feel very welcomed over here. Is Cabrian going to be as good as everyone says? Because Pirates fans have really high hopes for Cabrian, and I know that he's done really well this spring, but they they really have him up on a pedestal. What do you think for him yeah, this season? Yeah, he, he's, he, he's definitely special. You know? um, he, he's, he's a very, very talented kid. I think the thing that's going to make him even better is he, he he's not – He's not satisfied where he's at. Like, like he had a game a few a few games ago, and he was like two for four. And he was like, "Man, I just I don't feel good." Like, I'm like, "Bro, you two for four. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was like, but he's always looking for um, looking to improve, and he he grinds like I've I've never really seen anybody who worked like he does. Like, he loved to hit. Yeah, I loved to hit. Um, and it's I mean, you can see the results of it, you know. Um, but I definitely think he's he's gonna be special. Um, very exciting to watch and. Um, he, he his bad is there, um, and I mean he can play some third base too. Like, I think he's he's gonna be a future Gold Glover. Did you only say that because he could maybe hear you through the wall? <laughs> I hope so. Hey, you hear me over there? No, I'm just kidding. Nah, nah I, I really, I really, I really do think he's a special kid. But but you know what? I played against him um, in AAA, and and then, you know it, it wasn't anything like he wasn't hitting like 320. Or, you know what I'm saying? But he, I mean, he was hitting. 270 but he you can tell like he's he's very electric like he has quick hands and you can tell that the tools was there and I think he just took a, a, a that next step last year um he made some adjustments I heard him talk about the adjustments that he made and um he just took a step forward last year and it was it was fun to watch I feel like people are also, though, super excited to see you, too, dude. And I know that this is a good change of scenery for you and an incredible opportunity to win mm -hmm. the starting center field spot with the Pirates. So just rewinding really quick, you're coming off a fractured elbow near the end of 2020. I know you rehabbed that this offseason. So just to start, how are you feeling? I know that you've been working through that in spring training. So what's the update there? Yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm 100% ready to go. Um, obviously been playing, um, but it, it feels like my my arm actually feels just as good now as it did before I got injured. Um, Amazing. Obviously came into camp. I was still on a on a throwing progression, so I kind of had a little setback early in camp. But um, yeah, it feels good. Um, a lot of like I'm I'm very excited about this shit. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your path to getting to baseball because you got a full ride to play quarterback at Southern Miss right mm -hmm. in 2012 so you grew up playing football and baseball when did football become number two to baseball being your top love how did that happen um after banging so much in practices and games and you know just just waking up on Sundays and and, and not feeling really good um it, it was just it was just taking a toll on me, and, and so like coming out of high school, when, when the Blue Jays drafted, they allowed me to to go to school and play baseball at the same time. So, for, you talk about for three years, I never had an off season because when football was in the off season, I was playing baseball. When baseball was in the off season, I was playing football. So I did that for three straight years, and it just started taking a toll on me. And, and coming out of high school, I wanted I knew I wanted to play both because I didn't want to commit to one over the other because I didn't want to have any regrets. So that's why I wanted to go to college and play both sports. Um, and, and it was three years, like those three years was up and I had to choose. And I just felt like the longevity um, was better in the game of baseball for me. So I can play the game longer. It's so much 
so many more opportunities in the sense of like I'm not even talk I mean to provide for my family you know because like in football you got the NFL and then you might have the Canadian Football League but like not many people want to go to Canada to play football but in baseball you have like so many different avenues like that you could say like even if it's not in the MLB you can go overseas and play like it's just so many different avenues to be able to provide for yourself for your family in the game of baseball. So what skills would you say as a football player translated to you being a stellar baseball player? I, w- I would I would just say just that, um, like, ball skills. So, like, I returned punts, too. I returned punts in, in, in college. That's, that's, that's probably one of the scariest things ever, by the way. But um, just, just the ball skills and, like, um, you, I mean, you had to have good ball skills to, and, and, like, judging, like, ball judgment and, and just being able to go get the ball, you know, um, when you're playing DB, you have to have that knack to like to go get the ball when it's up in the air. And that's kind of how I play the outfield, you know. Um, like anytime the ball goes up, I want to come down with it. Like I, I think that's one thing. It's more of a mental thing, you know. Um, that that kind of translated from football to baseball for me. I don't think people realize what depth perception really means because not only to return punts but also to roam the outfield that is so massively large you have to have really good depth perception so that I feel like is something that absolutely does translate for you and and the just the excitement that you bring because you are always playing all out I think that that is something that you are known for and that people are are talking about when they when they're talking about you and so we wanted to kind of get your perspective on something you know we just saw Eloy Jimenez he's out for for a while he's out for half the year potentially going all out in spring training for you someone who is trying to earn this spot how do you find that line between going all out and showing your team that you are willing to lay it all out on the line but also you have to stay healthy so that you can make the team and play that 162 what's the line yeah um well I met that line last year when I hit that wall. I learned that all the walls are, you know, undefeated. Um, <laughs> but you really, you really have to be obviously have to be smart in the outfield. You know, like you, you have to know when to when to when to lay out for the ball and when not to. Like if it's a like if it's a if it's a eight two ball game in a ninth inning, like it's probably not smart to be diving. You know, like because even if you make the catch and get hurt, it's like okay, yeah, you made the catch, but it was pointless or you know what i'm saying like it, it there's times to depending on the game like if it's a one-run game in the ninth inning like yeah i'm laying it all out but if 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 the game is kind of out of hand you kind of have to be a little bit more conservative um because you at the end of the day you, when, you, when you play 162 games like every time you hit the ground every time you dive every time you slide like that adds up over the course of the year you know and it takes a toll on your body so you kind of have to pick those spots um, when, when you want to go all out and when you, you got to um, pull the reins back. When you got injured, when you hit the wall, did you know immediately that something was wrong? How did that process play out? And then through rehab, did you contact any players? Because that's a mental game too, right? You have to play yeah. that game of like, I'm out now and I'm watching the game from afar and I'm trying to focus on my health, but I really want to be back on that field. So what was that transition like for you? Yeah, I mean, it was tough. Like, I mean, I dealt with an ACL injury, so I knew, like, just the mental aspect of it. Um, like, like once you have the surgery, you're healed. Like, you just have to, like, get over, like, gain that confidence back 
that, okay, I can throw this ball hard and not worry about anything. And that, that was the toughest thing for me. And um, what, what was the other question? So when you hit the wall, did you know immediately that you were hurt? Oh, yeah. that, did, did you hear yeah. a crack or something? No, I didn't. Like I, I, I hit it. I guess I just hit it just the right way. But um, it, you know, like when you hit your funny bone and your arm kind of like feel like vibrates. This is with yeah. So like yeah. that's the feeling that I had. Like it wasn't like an excruciating pain, um, but that's the feeling that I had. And I tried to pick my arm up, and I saw Polanco mouth just drop, and I was like, oh shit! Like I know it's bad, you know. So like when I picked my arm up, it just fell down. And that's when I knew something was wrong. But like initially, like on impact, I didn't think anything was wrong. I thought I just hit my arm um, in a funny spot and I like it went numb. And so I was just waiting on the feeling to come back. So when I, it's there's a picture like you can, like when I was holding my arm like this, you can see the where, where the break and you can see the break. Um, you can see the bones coming, like the bone coming through the arm sleeve. Um, but that's what Polanco saw and it was just like, like, just to see his face expression, like I knew something was wrong. Oh, oh my goodness. I can't even imagine that. But Not I yet. think the silver lining here now is that you've got this cool opportunity in front of you and a mm -hmm. chance to play 162 to do something. You haven't had that opportunity yet in your career right. and reach into some untapped potential because there's so much talent. You're so athletic. You can do so many different things. So what kind of untapped potential do you have that you want teammates and fans to be able to see for 162? Um, I mean, I think just my, the, my ability to change the game, you know, um, with whether it's with my bat or my, or, on the base path, you know. Um, so, I mean, just how electric I can be when I'm healthy. Um, and yeah, really just that ability. And I, I just really want to show show them what I have if I have the opportunity to play every day in the big league because like I know I'm, I'm very confident in, in myself and in my abilities. Um, and <clears throat> a lot of time when I struggled, it was mainly from the the pressure I was putting on myself, of like I gotta get to the big, like I got, I gotta get to the big leagues, but um, it just wasn't very much opportunity over there because of all the outfielders that we had. But um, I, I really want to just show them that um, my ability to, to kind of change the game um, whenever I hit those hot streaks. And um, I mean, I, I think is, I think is, I think I could be fun to watch, you know. Um, so I, I, yeah. I, I gotta persuade them. I gotta persuade <laughs> them. So. Um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to that opportunity. Well, I know Pirates fans are excited to see you yeah. on and off the field and get to know you like Blue Jays fans do, right? So mm -hmm. we dug through a couple of old tweets about you and uh -oh. Sportsnet's Jamie Campbell. Now, this is okay. a good one. They only <laughs> bring the good ones up. We're yeah. not trying to bring any bridges. <laughs> yeah. And Jamie Campbell tweeted that though he no longer plays for the Blue Jays, Anthony Alford has remained in contact with a kid in a small Ontario town who'd been consistently subjected to racial slurs. He's way more than just a baseball player. I mean, what does that mean to you when you hear something like that? Um, I mean, it, it, it honestly means a lot, you know, just to know that I can have that impact on someone's life, you know, um, because like I, I can, I can relate, you know, I like when, with someone, I mean, I'm from South Mississippi. I've, I've had my fair share of, like people throwing racial slurs at me, you know, so I, I know what that kid is feeling and, and he's a mixed kid. So like sometimes it can be worse for those kids. They, they get picked on in school. Um, so I, I really just wanted 
to just kind of take the baseball player out of him, uh, and take the baseball player out of it and just allow him to get to know me as a human. Um, to kind of just be like a, a mentor to him and just someone he can call at any time. Like he has my number. He can call me anytime he want, text me anytime he want, um, call me and talk about anything, you know. And that's something that I didn't really have much of when I was a kid growing up. So um, I really look – I think that's that's one thing that I'm more passionate about than actually playing baseball is just being able to, like, bring joy to people's lives and, and make them smile and um, and really just, like, show them, like, hey, I'm a human. Like, you can be just as successful or you can accomplish, accomplish just as much as I have, you know. Um, so, like, I, I really enjoy doing things like that. We like to see it too. We absolutely yeah. do. So yeah. you mentioned um, from Mississippi, from an area of Mississippi where under one third of the community lives in poverty. And you shared some of your story recently. You grew up in government housing and you have come so far, but I'm sure that was not easy. I'm sure that there were many obstacles when you hear things like that. What do you hope to do you have a platform, you have a voice and you are a star in baseball and, and continuing to shine. So what do you hope to do with all of that for kids who grew up and are growing up in similar situations to yours? Um, really just somehow just um, trying to level the playing field. So like my brother-in-law, we, he played, he's obviously still with the Blue Jays, Jonathan Davis. So we, we talk a lot about like starting an academy I'm back oh, at man. home, but making more like kind of like a hitting academy, but but it's more than just sports, you know, like have like tutoring and um, a way for kids to earn scholarships and just just so many different things like for them to learn different skill sets. Like because every every kid might not want to go to college. They might want to be a mechanic or yeah. different things like provide um, those things for kids who come up in situations. That I, like I came up in, um, just to, you know, just kind of level the playing field and, and teach kids these different skill sets. Um, and really, it really just, you know, just just allow them to have opportunities that's that's like that's hard to come by, you know. Um, so like that's that's I mean that's in the grand scheme of things that's that's something that I want to do uh, with my that. platform. Yeah. We saw the Black Lives Matter message. Finally, man, it took a while to get there, but finally start, just to start to resonate with yeah. baseball last year, right? Yeah. The Players Alliance has been huge in developing and, and trying to push forward and especially going into communities and having kids relate on different levels through sport. What has the Players Alliance meant to you and the message, you know, through Black Lives Matter that you want to see continued in baseball? Yeah, I, I mean, I hopefully, I mean, I think we have a good thing going right now. I, I think, um, I mean, I, I think it's big because especially since we, we're, we're obviously the minority in baseball as well, you know, um, really to just just get in those communities, um, just for them to actually see us in the communities opposed to just donating finances or donating supplies, like to get out there and interact with them. And um, I, I think if we continue to do things like that, it'll grow um, in, in a sense of, African-Americans in the game of baseball. So like, I, I really hope it's, it's more kids that come from those communities um, that would choose baseball because it's so like, it's so much talent. Like I tell people all the time and like, it's so like so much talent that kind of goes to waste 
um, in communities that, that we come from because, like, one, simply that they don't get the opportunity, you know, um, just playing a game of baseball. You think about, like, it's so expensive to play travel baseball. Or even if you go to college, like, they don't even have full baseball scholarships. So you see more African-American kids kind of lean towards football and basketball because, like, their parents can't afford to pay the other half of that scholarship, you know. So, like, really, like, <clears throat> I, I really like what we're doing with the Players Alliance, and I think it, it could be very beneficial if we stick with it. Love that. Is there anything you guys are working on for this season that you can share anything in specific or anything that you want to see happen through Major League Baseball that you'd like to see to um, really make a concerted effort, a bigger effort to stop the hate? You know, we've seen a rise in um, anti-Asian racism mm -hmm. uh, recently that that is increasing as well. It's, it, it feels like it's just never ending is, you know, is there something that you guys are working on or you do want to see through major league baseball? Yeah. I mean, really just, I mean, for them to just like voice how they feel, um, it, it means a lot, you know, uh, for the commissioner to come out and owners to come out and like, say like, like for them to actually say black lives matter, you know, yeah. especially after all of the, the controversy with, with Colin and that's Kaepernick the minimum. That's the minimum yeah, we're yeah. looking for. Yeah. Black right. lives to right. matter. <laughs> are you kidding me? Like right. what? Right. <laughs> that's what we're fighting for right now, but this is where yeah. we are. Right. Right. So like for them to continue to just, you know, use that platform and, and continue to partner with the players Alliance. Um, but I think, I think we can, we can accomplish a lot if, if they continue to, you know, stay on the path that they was showing us last year. When you see players kneeling for the anthem, which I got to be honest, two seasons ago, never thought that that would ever be a presence in baseball. Obviously, it yeah. started with Colin Kaepernick, and, and we know how that traveled through the NFL and the NBA. But when mm -hmm. you see it, you know, travel over into baseball, that to me says that you know, there, there are some changes coming. They're small, yeah. but the fact that you can voice how you feel and say, this anthem doesn't represent me necessarily, or I just want to be able to, to, you know, show how I feel about this situation. Mm -hmm. how, how do you feel about that in, in terms of making any sort of progress? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously, like, you're making a statement, right? Like, um, I, I, just first off, like for the like you say, to be in a game of baseball and to be able to do that, um, that's that's very very powerful. Um, it's wild. Yeah, but I, I think it, I think it's making a statement. Um, but at, at at some point, like like yeah, we made a statement, but like we got to take that next step, and mm -hmm. and you know we got to see action. So like, what is baseball willing to do to in order to stop these things? These things, and I know it's way deeper than than us just saying black lives matter or us bringing awareness to it um it's i think it's a um it's, it's more of a a systemic thing you know mm -hmm. like because for one when these police officers kill these unarmed colored people like there's no accountability and that's why the next officer feel like he can do it and the next officer feel like he can do it so i feel like it's, it's more of a systemic thing um it's going to take way more than just baseball and nfl um, I, I think it's, it's really going to take um, us getting the right leadership in office, um, obviously to change different policies and, and for these guys to be held accountable for their actions. So 
Um, I think that's the only thing that's going to really stop it. Like, it, we might not even see the change in our lifetime, but, like, I have a little girl now, but I want her to be able to experience that change, you know? I love, by the way, I know you're working with the Players Alliance and you've, you know, you use your platform very well, but you also advocated for voter registration and got out there to have people register to vote, which is one of the most so important, important. Yeah. Yeah. Advocate. Yeah, I, I gotta get it. I gotta get that to my wife, um, honestly, because it was hard. Uh, yeah, she wanted. Yeah, she wanted, go girl, yeah. go girl. <laughs> but she, she, um, yeah, it, it was something that she wanted to do, and, and obviously, like I was gonna hop on board with it. Um, just, I mean, because I have some, some little influence in my hometown, so, um, and she does too. Like she's very popular in my hometown before she met me. Um, but <laughs> she's <laughs> yeah, got her own but, fame. Yeah, Love she that. do. She do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think um, that 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 definitely that was definitely her her idea. And um, but we definitely need to do more stuff like that as athletes, you know, um, like because we have so much influence. I mean, we can influence people to buy something from this clothing line. We can influence yeah. people to do, you know, do certain things. But like we we need we need to really like use our platform to do more things like that to influence people in our community, especially as a black as an African-American athlete, you know, like we, we really have to get in our community and, and, and do that and do the groundwork because we can't just rely on other people to come and bring, bring change in our, in our community if we're not out there, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, white people need to step up too. Let's yeah. Just, I was going to say, yeah, like, we yeah. need to be held accountable in Us. this as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, but I think it's, I mean, like I say, like, it's not, it's not, it's going to take more than just, black people right it's going to take like every race like literally like that's why i say it's going to take every race fighting against the system to like make the system i mean this is a system that was put in place like way back in the day so and it hasn't changed at all you know so i mean from every aspect whether it's public schools or i mean prison systems like like so many like so many on so many so many different avenues like this is a system that needs changing um but yeah, it's definitely going to take all of us working together. And you obviously going to still have those people who, where that hate was passed down from generation to generation that's going to kind of go against the grain. But um, it's definitely going to take every race coming together and getting on the same page um, to bring upon change. But I think last year was big, man. Like when you would turn on the TV and see them pr protest in Australia and the UK and like, like this was across the world. Like I've, it, it gave me chills, you know, like when I when I would watch it. So, I mean, it was it was pretty cool to see. Like, it's like the whole world just stopped and said, like, okay, that's enough, you know. And it wasn't just black people, you know. Usually, like for the Black Lives Matter protests, it used to be majority black people, but you seen black people, white people, Asian people, like it was like Mexican people, like everybody was, you know, everybody came together um, for that movement, and I think it was powerful. You know what I thought for how shitty last year was so many terrible things? I thought that the one thing that did come out of it is that there was time to stop and yeah, learn, yeah. right? And go go to that march and, and go online and read and go watch and go have conversations mm -hmm. with your friends that are uncomfortable but are necessary. Like that, I feel like, was the one thing. And the work that 
the players alliance put in the work that i feel like major league baseball put in but more of the players and the coaches and the teams the groundwork that was laid i mm-hmm. was inspired by i i felt like every person that we've had conversations with feels inspired and hopeful and and i if if you feel hopeful then i feel like okay we're on the right track here we're doing something right yeah 100% I, um that that's one thing i actually i was talking to somebody about um recently was like I mean, granted, like all the lives that was lost due to COVID, but yeah. I think the virus coming and, and shutting everything down in the long run could kind of be like a blessing in disguise. You know, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it sucks that so many people lost their lives, but it really made people like, because it wasn't any, it wasn't any baseball on TV. It wasn't any basketball on TV. It wasn't any, like, it was nothing on TV, but you like, you had to sit there and watch what was going on in the world, you know? Um, and that and this stuff has been going on for so long, and it's, it happens every year, but it's overshadowed by the sports that's right. on TV or the entertainment that's on TV. Um, but yeah, I, I think in the long run, it, it can be a like because if COVID if COVID never happened last year, are we having this conversation? You know, like if if if, yeah. if, if we didn't have a shutdown last year, are we having this conversation? I mean, probably not because we have we would have had baseball and basketball and playoffs and everything else on TV, and no one would have really paid attention to it. Yeah, it was a reckoning. I mean, we were forced to stop and look in the mirror and and see, you know, how ugly parts of this country really are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and there's a lot of work to do. We appreciate all the work that that you do and absolutely let us know anything. I mean, yeah, we try as hard as we can to use our platform and be advocates, but anything you need, let us know. Okay. I I definitely appreciate it. I appreciate that. All right, Anthony, time for a rapid fire portion of the program where we throw out a question for you and you answer it as fast as you can. Okay. I'm sure I didn't need to mansplain that to you. You understand what rapid fire is. I got you. I do that Just every time you realize, yeah, you know what rapid fire of, is. I might have done one or two things. of those in my life. <laughs> See, he's one or two of them. He's a pro. He's a pro. pro. All right, first up, which football player would you swap places with for a game? Um, shoot, Tom Brady. No, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <probably> Tom <laughs> yeah. Brady. Yeah, <laughs> solid. Okay, what about yeah. who on the Steelers would you recruit to come play for the Pirates? Um, Claypool. Okay, Claypool. He looked like a strong. He he's very athletic. I feel like he can figure it out. You know, <laughs> I feel like he can figure out how to hit a baseball. <laughs> Figure and it anything out. else he couldn't figure out, you'd help him out, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You met the big show in 2019. So if Vince McMahon came to you and said, you have to create your own wrestling persona, what what's the style? What's you know, your walkout song? What's your vibe yeah. gonna be? Um, it is definitely it's definitely gonna be hip hop. Um yes, so sometimes some type so, so probably like some kind of big chain and more like more like a book of tea kind of guy okay like book of tea, yeah um but walk out is going to be some kind of southern southern rap song probably a little boosty a little webby probably walk out i have to get the clean version every every <laughs> other word to be bleeped out but probably some southern rap <laughs> i love it i love it okay so fans are going to be back everyone's pretty stoked about it what is the one thing that pirates fans have to know about you um, 
<laughs> I, I really – I really um, you talking about on the field or just off the field? Let's off do both. Field. Off the field, but the I want to hear – I want to hear on the field too. What do they have to know? Okay. Um, well, on the field, I, I'm definitely going to try to interact with them as much as I can. And I, I really want to um, do some community – um, some com- some community, a lot of community service in the city of Pittsburgh. Um, that's 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 my biggest priority off the field in Pittsburgh is is um, probably getting into the community. And because um, when you walk into the field, you see like a lot of homeless people. And like I really want to get into the into the city and, and do some community um, work. And um, but as far as like me as a person, like yeah, I'm kind of hip, but I'm I'm very country. <laughs> I'm very very country like. <laughs> Like I like to fish and hunt. Like I fish a lot. I love fishing. Um, very country. I like love mud riding, going mud riding and stuff like that. So can I get a definition yeah. of that, please? Of what? Mud What's riding. That? Mud riding. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, pretty much, you just get on a four wheeler or some type of ATV and hit mud holes and just pretty much just go sling oh, mud man. everywhere. And, um. You can take like the boy out of Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I like remember once we talk, like hopefully one day we, we get to a point financially, but we want to live on like a big farm. So I want like horses and cows and things running around. Like I want to live on a big farm when I retire. That's pretty cool. In a long, long what about, time. What yeah, about your, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. What about your ear? You're only 26 years old. What about your, your diet? Is your diet super country? Oh yeah. It's definitely Southern, Southern comfort. Um, well, my, my wife, she cooks for me all the time in, in Mississippi. Like we're not, we're not number one in obesity for no reason. Like we know how to eat. So we, I'm talking like red beans and rice, cornbread, fried chicken, um, so I don't really have a, a very clean diet. I just work out really hard <laughs> yeah. to make up for it. If oh, you had man. to eat one food for the rest of your life, what are you eating? Mm. Um, one food for the rest of my It'll probably be, I don't know if you had them, but it's them wings at Outback. Actually, I just, Cabrian just put me on those. Like I just started eating them like this week and I've had them like three days straight. So like if I had to eat one thing the rest, rest of my life, it'd probably be that. What, what flavor are they? Food. Are they bone in? We need yeah. to know some more details. Yeah, they're, they're, they're bone in. I don't even know the flavor. They have like a crazy name, but I promise you these are like some of the, I mean, besides the wings that I smoke that myself, but these are some of the best wings that I've ever had from a restaurant. From they Outback? Have, they, wow. only have, they only have one type of wing and that's the wing that they have. Like if you look at, if you go to a restaurant, you see on the menu that they have one type of wing, that wing, it got to be good. Like you can't just have one <laughs> crash you know so like they only have one type of wing and it's really good by the way good luck surviving the rest of uh eternity with your wife if she sees this because you just picked outback wings over anything she's ever cooked to you. <laughs> well we give you the chance yeah 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 now wait i want to circle back really quick what's the best thing that you make oh that's i make some ribs um mm-hmm. ribs and um some spare ribs and I can, I can smoke a pretty mean turkey. I, yeah. I, wow. But it's not like, it's not like your typical turkey that like a lot of people, you go, you might go to family members house and you know, the turkey be kind of dry sometimes. It's like, no, it's a moist, it's moist. And um, it's, I don't it's eat turkey. That's flavor. why you don't eat turkey. No, because it's never good. 
ever. You got to try my, you got to try my turkey one day. Where you, you from? Yeah. I'm from I'm St. Louis. Was, I'm from St. Oh, Louis originally. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you ever, I'm telling you, I would smoke your turkey and it would change your life. <laughs> It'll change we're your in. life. We're in. Okay. We're hey, that's yeah. pretty common. Most that's people. That's one thing I love to do too. I love to grill. So I love, like yeah. I grill a lot. Yeah. Uh, but most people, especially that have average chefs in the kitchen at, in and around the holidays, don't really like turkey. It's not their number one go-to because people don't really know how to cook it. Nobody's right. smoking it. That's really smart. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I smoke it. So it takes, it takes me, it takes a long time to smoke it. So I like, I, I, I like marinate it like for 24 hours before I even wow. smoke it. Yeah. I'm but I, so I like hungry. my ribs, my ribs, my ribs are, are really good as well. It takes me like six hours to do those. Oh, amazing. So oh yeah, my God. fall off the bone. So yeah, it's really good. <laughs> I, I'm but, hungry. Yeah. I can't even focus right now. I don't know. <laughs> I think you're up, Lex. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, you had dinner with Chris Sale a while back. We saw that. Mm -hmm. So three guys in the league that you would share this incredible meal with that aren't either Ooh. on the Blue Jays or the Pirates. Somebody do it have to be somebody I know. Nope. Three guys that okay. you just want to okay. get to know over dinner. Mookie Betts. Probably Kyle Lewis. I probably go with Ooh. Juan Soto. Yeah. Who's that? Just kidding. I'm a national star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And do you I mean, know any of those guys? No, I mean, I've met Mookie like in passing. We played when they okay. came to Toronto. Um, I love but that. I've never, um, Soto, he was hurt last year whenever mm -hmm. we went to Washington. Um, and God knows, I don't, I don't know him. I think with your ribs, you could lure anybody to dinner, <laughs> to be honest. Oh, yeah. So you'd yeah. have your pick. Let's <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, be real. I, I, I told my wife I, I have to, whenever we get a place this season, it has to be somewhere with like a balcony so I can yeah. put a grill on there because every off day I plan on grilling. So smart. Yeah. My gosh. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. What about three things that you never leave home without? Cell phone, wallet, <laughs> wedding ring. Those three things I definitely can't. Um, no, but other than that. You just nailed really, that. That's honestly, the perfect yeah, answer. Yeah. Good answer. <laughs> Strong. Yeah, um, I have to have lotion because I hate being ashy. I have to have chapstick because, uh, yeah, chapstick. <laughs> my, yes. yeah, I have to have chapstick. And um, I have, like, I love wearing hats, so I got to have my hat, as you can see. Yeah. Those are great answers. You rock it. Yeah. 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 That's your kit. All right. In February, we dug through your Twitter a little bit. Like I said, all good things. You said uh, <laughs> things that people don't tell you before having kids. Your bed no longer belongs to you. I have nightmares of falling out of the bed at night, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, so favorite bedtime story that you read? Uh, well, my wife honestly do all the bed, reading all the bedtime stories. I, I do. I, I did read this one the other day. It's, um, I think it's, I don't even remember the title of it, but um, it's pretty much talking about. Wait, do you about, have it there with you? Yeah, I do. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, you'll get it. Okay. We'll do show and tell. Show and tell. Will you read us like one or two pages? Okay. Yeah, let me find the last one. I don't even know if I feel right listening to this, honestly. Oh, yeah. I, I feel y'all actually making me nervous. No, I'm just kidding. Stop. Okay. So it's called Hair Love. You know, oh, um, love it. I don't know if you know the, the history. Like, so growing up in a black community, like a lot of black girl, little girl used to feel like insecure about how their hair was because 
yep. society made it seem like, oh, that's a bad thing. You got to straighten it. And so, like, a lot of black kids growing up didn't wear their natural hair, you know. So, like, we believe, like, if you want to be natural, be natural. Like, it's beautiful, you know, um, because that's – it's natural, you know. Like, um, so it's just pretty much happened. We want her to just be able to embrace herself um, whenever she's whenever she's growing up. Like, like that's your natural beauty. So, like, we, we have, like, these little books that we – more so my wife read to her, like, especially when I'm at the field and stuff. Yeah, so my name is Zuri, and I have hair that has a mind of its own. It kinks, coils, and curls every which way. Daddy tell me it's beautiful. That makes me proud. I love that my hair lets me be me. So you see, like, little girl with the big afro. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then it's another one. So it's just the different kind of hairstyles the way like little black girls wear their hair so it just pretty much helping her embrace it say daddy tells me it's beautiful that makes me proud i love that my hair lets me be me and funky braids would be i am i am a princess and when my hair is in two puffs i am above the clouds like a superhero so it just you know like things like that so uh, that we, my wife bought incredible. these kind of these little books and stuff so that we you know, just read to her. What is your like, wife's obviously. name? Bailey. Yeah, First of all, I'm, I'm, I'm I know. tearing up. That is such <laughs> a message of empowerment for oh, your yeah. daughter. <laughs> yeah. Like, what incredible parents you guys are. That is <laughs> so wonderful. You're such a girl dad. It's adorable. Yeah, I am. Man. I, I wanted, um, I don't know if you probably can see it on my Instagram, but like the gender reveal, I was so disappointed that I wasn't having a boy, but I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't change it for the world. I wouldn't change. Like, I, if I have five more kids, they can all be girls. I don't even care if I have a boy now. So Let she, me tell you something, because your boy will be like, he'll be fun, he'll be cool, but your daughter will be obsessed with you yeah. forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. 100%. Um, and, and her family, she comes, so on my, on my side of the family, like, it's all boys. Like, I have a lot of brothers. Her side of the family is all girls and one boy, so. And like even the grandkids is like all girl grandkids like nine, all oh girls gosh. one boy. So like <laughs> they're sick of girls. Like they want more boys. But I, <laughs> I told my father-in-law, look, man, like I don't care. Like I'm, I, I, I if I have five more kids, they're all girls. I'm perfectly fine. With He's that. in it to win it now. Now yeah. he knows. <laughs> Good for yeah. Man, oh my gosh. I, Thank you for sharing that. That was yeah, really sweet. Yeah, really that was sweet. really sweet of you. No problem. No problem. Oh All right, we're going to let you go. But before we do, yes. we wrap up every podcast with an embarrassing story. What is something that's happened either when you were younger or on the field or um, that was super cringeworthy and like that just made you laugh? That was embarrassing that, that you like lay in bed and think about and you're like, oh, oh, no, I got to get that out of my head. Um, like any of you and your guy friends okay or... okay you see my wife in that eavesdropping like she talking about me <laughs> yes. all right when i grew up i used to always go to the skate ring and i used to like rollerblade like skate really well right like and i this was i was like nine ten eleven years old and so we was living in atlanta i think the off season of 2018 we, we went to atlanta so i can train and my wife she rollerblades and i thought okay after you know <laughs> 10, 15 years of not skating, it's going to be easy to just put the skates back on and start rollerblading. And when I tell you, 
Like I'm out there, I'm about to get hit by cars. <laughs> I'm like rolling down hills and like, like it's a park full of people. It's, I think it's Piedmont Park and it was a park full of people. And I was just like, you know how like a, a deer, like a newborn baby deer look whenever, like they can't even walk whenever they, whenever they first born. Like that's how I was on skates. And it was like the most embarrassing thing. And so my wife was like, you know video? what? Like, <laughs> yeah, she had a video. Oh and, come on! Yeah, I'm gonna say I see the video. Um, but she was like, "Nah, let's go to the car." Like, like I don't want you to get hurt doing it. But she's cracking up at the same time. And I said, "You know, like my pride got in the way." I said, "No, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna show you how to skate." <laughs> so I looked down. I looked down in my skates, and I had them on the wrong foot. So I had the oh. right, the right one on the left. That was one reason they were so uncomfortable. <laughs> <I couldn't see. laughs> Oh my so it took, god. It, it literally took me like an hour to make like one lap around. Like I was pretty much just walking. It was bad. So I just got on the grass and started walking while she was skating. Oh, yeah. Bailey, you're a saint. You're an angel. Yeah, God bless oh Bailey. Putting yeah. up with you. That is so good. <laughs> yeah, but I should have I should have just turned around and went back to the car and saved myself the embarrassment. But uh, it was my that pride that man, you know, us as competitors, we have so Don't quit your pride. day job, dude. Don't quit your yeah, day yeah, job. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. But I, I seen that. You, you have that video, right? Yeah. <laughs> you want to see my little girl? Bring her here, baby. Oh, yeah. She, she just woke up from a nap. What's Stella your little girl's name? Stella Bell. She's chunky oh now. Stella Bell. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> She's oh. beautiful. Thank you. Her, her eyes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my yeah. goodness. Hi. Hi, yeah. gorgeous. Oh, she's so cute. Does she have her ears pierced? She does. Yeah. She I got does. my ears pierced at, at six months old. It was the smartest thing my parents ever did. Yeah. Yeah. She got her ears pierced. Um, and I actually got my ears pierced last month, but I took them out before count. Um, I was scared to <laughs> try to match. <laughs> They're done. You got yeah. close. Did you guys yeah. go together? Yeah, close. No, no, no. She got hers done early in the off season. I, I got mine. I got them because I, I wanted to get some. I've been wanting to do it for a long time, and I, I did it like February first. They was like, you gotta wait like eight to ten weeks before you take them out. I'm like, bro, yeah. I, I'm not waiting eight to ten weeks. I gotta go to camp here in three weeks. And so when I got to camp, I just took them out, and then you, I see Polanco walk in with like these big diamonds. I'm like, bro, like we can wear earrings because with the Blue Jays, we couldn't wear earrings. But over here, you can wear oh. earrings. I was like, dang, I just took my earrings out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get yeah. a, we'll get another pair. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's Maybe. awesome. Thank you a million. Yeah. Thank you so times. much for hopping like, on. Yeah, this amazing. was so great. You're yeah, incredible. No this you. is one of the best podcasts we've had, honestly. Yes. Just your candor, <laughs> your willingness to to share your entire life with us and bring us inside yeah. was was really cool. Yeah, no problem at all. Thanks for having me. Of course. Good luck this season. We'll be yes. ready for you for sure. Okay, thank you. I'll shoot you that video too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, do that. Yeah. And tell Bailey, right. thank you so much for letting us yeah. borrow you. Okay, yeah. Okay. See ya. Right, Take care.